Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. My name is Bud McGaldy. I worked for Ford Motor Company for 32 and a half years, starting in 1966. I was the design manager on this car right here, the 1994 SN95 Mustang. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that today. But first, let me give you a little brief history on myself. Originally from Boston, Massachusetts, went to school, went to art school and at the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, California at the time. And as you probably know by now, talking to other people and listening to other people, that Art Center was probably the premier school for people that uh, wanted to become car designers and still is to this day. Quite a few car designers and transportation designers come from Art Center. I was a member of the Fisher Body Craftsman's Guild. Uh, I started when I was about 12 designing and building model cars for a scholarship to, uh, to, to become a car designer because that's what I really wanted to do. Uh, I just had a, a love for automobiles and a passion for them. And uh, I built five Fisher Body cars, uh, about three of them offered me scholarships, so got me scholarships to any school that I wanted. I ultimately chose Art Center, as I had mentioned. And the, the, uh, the one thing about it, in 1965, I won a major scholarship from GM for, the, uh, for the, one of my Fisher Body models. And uh, what we did was we went to the World's Fair in New York and where they had my model and a few others on display. And uh, at the same time we were there, we went over to the Ford display and took a ride in the new Mustang around a kind of a close track on a on the themed building. Uh, it was kind of cool and it was convertibles. They think that's all they had in there was convertibles. So you got to ride around in one uh, on a track and it was sort of like a train, but it was fun. And the car just, you really got a good feeling for the car sitting in it. And we got excited about that too. But uh, that was my first, those are my first memories of, of Mustang. But my first memories of designing cars came when I was about 12. I just thought automobiles were super exciting. I lived, I lived, in, a, I lived in Boston, like I had said, and I lived across the river from a port where all of the European cars came in off of the ships and most of them were Jaguars and MGs and Sprites and uh, Austin Healy's and mostly from England and a few Volkswagens from Germany. And that, that's, that Jaguar was so beautiful, the XK120 that I was looking, that I used to see in droves come through the, come through the port, uh, just got me really excited about cars. And that's when I started drawing pictures of cars. I had a natural talent for art uh, I always did well in art. Didn't do well in academics, but I did well in art and uh, had a natural ability to draw. So it was sort of natural for me to want to become a car designer. Uh, this is a story that I have that when I was in my teens, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, go to Art Center. And I remember when the, I was a junior, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was a sophomore at Art Center at the time when the 1964 and a half Mustang showed up at the 
at the Ford dealership in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, a bunch of us guys went to look at it. And we was, we, after a while, we didn't get to see it right away because the crowds were so immense. But when we did see it and we got up there to see it closer, we were all excited about how nice this car was and how clean and agile and, and fast it looked. Started at Ford Motor Company, like I said, in 1966 as a, what they call a design trainee. I was there for two and a half years doing, going to each and every studio in the whole design development area. Uh, starting first, my first assignment was to do a, a sketch of a 1966 Mustang that was used for marketing purposes only to compare it to the 67 and uh, to go to market research with it. Uh, Secondly, I worked with two people, Charles McCose and the other guy, Pete Stacy, and we did the GT 350-500 series car. And I was, uh, they gave me the, the opportunity to design the roll bar for the convertible and uh, redo the Cobra uh, to give it more dimension, make it more three-dimensional versus a two-dimensional picture. Uh, the third thing I did was when I, back around 1969, they gave me an assignment to do a, a uh, Mustang station wagon, which, if you can believe that, uh, was one of the things that I, I did, but I wasn't really crazy about and found out through, through doing this that there were a lot of other people that weren't crazy about a Mustang station wagon. Coming back from Europe at that time, I was asked to head up the group that would ultimately design the 1994 SN95 Mustang, which was a great honor. It was like, it was like, it was like nothing I've ever done before that was an opportunity for me to express myself and my team's, team's work uh, with the rest of the world. And we were all excited about it. It was a passion for us. The Mustang, as you know, is a very iconic vehicle. It isn't like a Taurus. It isn't like a truck. It, it it's just it, it has its own culture and uh, and it, its own set of followers. And people are either passionate about it, they either love it or they hate it. But there's no in between. The car is not a bland automobile. And there's every version from the mildest to the wildest. You can get it in any kind of a setup you want. And we were, we were all so excited about having the opportunity to design this vehicle. So we started out back in 1990 working on this. And it was done first, there were 11 people involved in the first part of it. Because at that point in time, Ford had decided that maybe we didn't need a Mustang, that we were going to front wheel drive vehicles. And perhaps the next version of a Mustang should be a Probe. And the Probe, as nice as it is, and it was a beautiful car, was a front-wheel drive car and didn't have the same background or history behind it as a Mustang did. And so we, there was a, a group of fellows that uh, headed up by John Coletti in the engineering, uh, John Aiken in design, and uh, Ron Macholi in marketing. And what they did was they said about these 11 people came together with studio engineers and and some of their and some of the structural engineers and they they put together a plan to reinvent the Mustang and bring out a new version of it uh, at a reasonable cost and so they developed a clay model and put it out there and uh, that's when I came in and what they asked me to do was take it from there and 
develop it into a, a full-fledged Mustang, which only made horse sense to me. I put together a little team. We had four designers, myself, and uh, a modeling team, uh, a couple of studio engineers, and probably about a, a little over a dozen people just in the studio alone to put the thing together with clay modelers as well. So we, we did a, the first version we did was we took the car that, that they had done, which was sent to market research and was perceived to be a little too European and a little too Asian uh, in, in, in theme. The car was a nice car, it was very smooth, very clean, uh, well-proportioned, but did not actually have any of the characters of the the Mustang from the past. And we wanted to do sort of a retro Mustang that harkened back to the 65 through the 67 and 8 and get some of the characters out of the, from that from those cars into this car. So what we did was we took the the first car that they did and we we massaged it and we put scoops on the side, scoops on the hood. Um and um, tri-bar taillights, and above all, we put a horse right in the middle of the grill where God intended it to be. And with that being said, we brought that to market research. People that we had look at the first vehicle thought that was too clean, too smooth. Now, this one they thought was a little more going towards where we wanted to go, but it still wasn't gutsy enough for him. It was still too a little bit too sweet and a little bit too clean. My boss, Dave, being Dave Reese, decided that we should do three cars. We should do the skunk work screw car that was massaged and then take that car and do it again and make a little more out of it and then do the third car that was a little more aggressive and maybe more edgy. Um, as we were still looking at aerodynamics as being the, the lead and the, and the, the way the car was going to be designed. So what we did was we had three cars ultimately. The first one was the massage version of the probe light car that was brought to market research and deemed to be too Asian and too European. The second one was a version of that car, the massage car that was even a little little more accentuated. Some of the themes were the theme was a little more accentuated, a little more gutsy. And the third car was a was a uh, a Batmobile, Batmobile type vehicle that was actually very edgy and very stealth like. And in order to market research these three vehicles, we looked at them and said, okay, Normally, we'd give them letters like A2 or A1 and A3 or something like that. But we decided, let's give them names because this way we can identify them easier and everybody on our team can identify them easier. And uh, what we did was we said, okay, we'll call the first one Bruce Jenner because it was extremely, extremely athletic looking and uh, had a, a nice, clean feel to it and uh, very precise. The second one we called, we took Bruce Jenner to the gym and put some, bulked him up a little bit and we called that one Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it was sort of like Bruce Jenner, very athletic, but also very muscular and had a little bit of a more accented character to it. And the third one, because it was even wilder, 
we 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 chose to call that Rambo because it was very gutsy and very very down to earth kind of uh, Batmobile type vehicle. So those three went to market research, and ultimately the one in the middle, the, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, was the car that we actually chose to be this car right here. And uh, of course, we did we did a coupe and a convertible, and uh, they were done offsite in a little in a little old warehouse called uh, it was formerly a Montgomery Ward's warehouse. I don't know if anybody you're familiar with that, but sort of a Sears competitor at the time. And it was an outlet. Where my office was, ironically, is where my wife and I bought our first piece of furniture. Almost in, about 10 feet from where we bought the furniture was where my desk was. And uh, it was very ironic because that was done like 30 years before that. But anyway, the reason we moved off site like that and we went away from the design center and the engineering buildings and the the product planners and the marketing people were all in another building because the skunk works team worked so well we thought why not put every discipline if you will in one room and that way we can control how much time it takes to do something by just doing it all right there there's no way you have to get a group together from this building or that building or another building and try to decide what the course of action is. You could do it right in the same building, right at the same table, right at the same desk, right at the same drawing board, right at the same clay model, right at the water fountain or at the coffee pot and make a decision right there without having to put together a whole group of people. And that we that we found out worked very very well for this particular car because it is so iconic and so it's really pretty straightforward. When you're doing a Mustang, there's three things that have to happen. It has to have scoops on it, it has to have a a grill with a horse in the middle, and it has to have tri bar tail lights. And those are the three items that we thought on the exterior needed to happen. I don't know if I mentioned this, but it, we had about 240 people offsite on our program. And with most programs, since the dis every discipline is in a different building, it's very difficult to get things right the first time, or very difficult to convince other disciplines what you need and how it has to work. But because we put everybody, these 200, roughly 240 people in the same room, of different disciplines, we didn't have much of that kind of problem on doing the 1994 Mustang or the SN95, as we like to call it. It worked out that they were able to solve problems unilaterally right in the same room with us on the clay model at the same time, instead of having to go through all kinds of red tape or kinds of meetings with different disciplines to get everybody together, because we were all together. And that is very unusual for, for, uh, for this kind of environment. Um, when you have everybody offsite a different or everybody offsite in the same place it makes it a lot more a lot easier to develop and convince each other that we're doing the right thing and work with each other to get the right thing done versus having all the different disciplines in different buildings which is normally the way things were done at Ford at that time i think now it's more like that where they try to put as many of the people that are involved in the program together so there's communication is a lot easier and a lot faster and there's not the the give and take is a lot 
more consistent and not as abrupt as it was when you are in different areas. Um, that being said, I have to tell you a little bit of a story about the Mark III. I said I'd mention that later. And the Mark III was, a, was done in 1993. Uh, it was the third generation of concepts for Mustang. And uh, what, what it was, was we found out through the grapevine that General Motors was going to introduce a new Camaro. And uh, we wanted to steal some of their thunder, and we didn't want them to steal too much of ours. So we thought the best thing to do would be to put together a Mark III concept, uh, which was great. We had photo, we had sketches for it, which we did. And uh, it was already designed because we all often did concept cars when we were doing a new introduction. And uh, what happened, though, was we didn't have any money. We had people, but we didn't have any money. So we asked, we asked uh, my boss, Dave Reese, if we could possibly get enough money to do a with we had 12 modelers and 12, 12 modelers and designers. Uh, in the studio already and we thought with these 12 people maybe 12 people for about 12 weeks we might be able to do a concept car and of course we were still off-site so we had all of the advantages of having the engineering group the marketing group the finance group all together and try to work a way where we could take a little bit here a little bit there and put it together and make this car happen in those in that time frame well, we got everybody excited, and they said, go for it. So that's what we did. We started with 12 people, and what the goal was 12 weeks. What we ended up with, though, was 40 people, and the goal six months. But we did get two, two dynamic, drivable, I'll call it sports cars, but they were concept Mustangs and they were two-seaters with high-performance motors and high-performance brakes and high-performance transmissions and rear ends and dynamic as well. And uh, when we put them in the auto shows, they stole all the thunder from everybody. And we were really excited about that because that's exactly what we intended to do. We did go off track a little bit because it didn't take just 12 weeks and, tw and, and tw uh, 12 people. It took, like I said, 40 people in six months. But we did get two cars out of it, and both of them were drivable, and both very well, very well, very good driving cars as well. Um, we enjoyed doing that, and uh, that helped us. Uh, got people excited for the introduction to the 94 Mustang and uh, we think we still think that was part of one of the one of the best cars we, we tried afterwards to get the company to actually build that car as a car not necessarily call it a Mustang but a two-seater uh, that would compete with with uh, anything out there that was that wild at the time uh, and it was also very aerodynamic uh, they just couldn't come up with the money to do it and couldn't see, uh, you know, uh, couldn't see their way clear to do a two-seater at that point in time. But it was, it was fun to work on, and it was, it was a good way to end up doing our program for the 1994 Mustang. So it was a pretty exciting career for me. People often ask me, what did you do for work? And I'd say, well, I never worked. I got paid to do my hobby, which was 
to me, just a, just easy. It was, I knew how to draw. It was fun. They're paying me to draw pictures of cars. So that's what, that was really exciting. And I liked that. And that was a fun thing to do. So I'm happy with that. And I'm glad that uh, it all worked out for me. And I've been retired for quite a while now. And uh, I did do some concept cars from Ford for Ford when I did retire. Uh, I did quite a few. We did a couple of Desert Storm kind of things and uh, a couple of hot rod type cars and um, had a lot of fun doing it over the over the years of my career, which was expanded uh, 32, 32 and a half years. Um, I I wished I and I today I still do that. I still draw pictures of cars because I'm a member of the League of Retired Designers. And we do, we do theme cars like uh, we'll do something for a museum like the Packard Museum. We did a bunch of Packards for that museum. We did a bunch of Hudsons for the Hudson Museum. And when I mean did, we sketched what would they look like today? What would these cars look like today? We did something for, we did a Tucker. Uh, we did a mid-engine cars that we wanted to do. And if you get a chance to go on Dean's Garage, you can see some of those things by the League of Retired Designers and some of those sketches. And uh, you'll find that they're not drawn with, a, not all of them are drawn with a computer, but there are a lot of them are drawn by hand. And that's sort of rare today because computers can do pretty much anything. And I wish that we had them then because sometimes I did a car and I got almost all the way done and I made a mistake and I had to tear it up and start over again. And you don't have to do that with a computer. You just delete that part and go to uh, undo it and go back to changing, going back to where you need to be. Uh, but it's fun drawing, and I still enjoy drawing. I still draw by hand. I don't. I don't use a computer for much of anything. I do use it for some graphics, but not for not for drawing. With that being said, uh, I think we're pretty much got it. Got everything covered. Uh, I hope that uh, you enjoy the museum. Uh, it's the first time that we've ever had a really authentic Mustang museum, believe it or not. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. Two things happened with the, the 94 Mustang. One was we got to do a pace car for the Indy 500, which was really exciting too. And uh, second was... We got, if you can believe this, car of the year from Motor Trend, and that only two Mustangs were ever made cars of the year, the 1974 Mustang II and the 1994 SN95 Mustang, which to me is just unbelievable because Mustang was such an iconic vehicle and is such an iconic vehicle and has a, has a very clear following of people that are just in love with the car. Um, and I think it's been proven because there's a lot of people out there like yourselves that have restored them, bought them, cleaned them up, drive them. And that's the other thing with Mustangs. You don't find too many people that just store them. They drive them, even when, uh, even when they're collectible. Uh, thank you for listening to me. And uh, thank you for letting me tell you a little bit about the history of the 1994 Mustang.